Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is The Guardian. I had to go about it, write it out, and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Welcome to the final word, Ashes Daily. I'm Emma John, and I'm here in the UK, ensconced in a freezing fog, while my colleagues Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon enjoy the slightly warmer climbs in Tasmania. It's been another incident-packed day at Hobart's Blundstone Arena, with England's bowlers cannoning their team back into this test match under the floodlights after their batters had put on another typically disappointing performance. Conditions weren't easy at any stage, and there remains a lot of life in this pitch, You could even argue that England's first inning score of 188 was about par, but probably only in the sense that it's about par for any England total these days. In the opening session, Australia were finally bowled out for 303, and Mark Wood made matters difficult for all of Australia's lower order, except Nathan Lyon, who positively thrilled at the short stuff and hit three sixes in his quickfire 31. Exactly half of the runs that Australia added to their overnight score came off the number 10's flashing blade. Now, let's be honest, if this Ashes tour was a sitcom, you would have sensed long ago that the scriptwriters had run out of ideas and were now just regurgitating the same old storylines and gags until the network pulled the plug. Well, it took very little time for Zach Crawley to precipitate England's latest batting collapse. He ran out poor Rory Burns for a duck with a muddled call for a quick single. Then he got himself out to a bat pad catch off Pat Cummins. Joe Root and David Milan had done a little repair work before Cummins struck again to remove the pair of them in back-to-back overs. And Lyon took a diving catch at point to get rid of Stokes with the score 85 for 5. Scott Boland drew Ollie Pope into a full shot and would have had two in two if David Warner hadn't dropped an easy slip catch off Chris Wokes's first ball. As it was, Wokes and Sam Billings added a little late stuffing to England's innings and the first innings deficit was down to 115 when Australia came back out. Warner made a pair as Pope pulled off a keeperly catch at backward square and Marnus Labuschagne followed with the score on only five strangled down leg side but it was Mark Wood's head-seeking missile to Usman Khawaja that was the showstopper. And that glove behind means Australia will begin the third day 37 for three. England need their bowlers to recreate this roaring late-night form with an equally sparkling morning show if they hope for a feasible fourth innings target. And now, over to Adam and Jeff in Hobart. 
Day two. It was day two. Uh, it, it, it could have, it was night two. It was day two and night two. But this match, it goes in fast forward. It, it has careened in fast forward. It has been like the scene in Indiana Jones from the Temple of Doom when they get in that the mining car that's going along the railway bit <laughs> and it keeps flying through the place and people with swords are coming out and all kinds of business. Uh, what a day. What a, what a, what a busy day. I would like to say hello to Bernie and Hugh who were walking past the ground when I was up on the balcony and they yelled three stories up saying, hey, we like your show. And I said, thank you. We will put you in it. So you're in it. I hope hello, you're Bernie. Today. Hello, Hugh. Um, weekend at Bernie's. What a, what a time that would be. It, it may be a weekend uh, a weekend test match. It looks like well, it'll pretty much... The opposite of weekend at Bernie's here, yes. isn't it? It's hardly a dead test match. I mean, you might no. think it could be as a dead rubber, but I reckon... But it'll be over by the end of the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's more where I'm going with No, that. sure, quite possibly. But for a 17-wicket day, it didn't feel calamitous, even though England were bowled out in 47 overs, even though there were late wickets, and even though the tail you know, wagged a little bit for Australia this morning, 62 runs for those four wickets. But uh, Mark Wood getting a couple of those and they kind of finished the job in a fairly clinical way. England, uh, Australia all out 303. N- not quite as good as it could have been, but the key thing was they wanted to be batting mm. as early in the day as they could. They got that opportunity before dinner and they blew it. That's what yeah. it boils down to. I, I guess that's right. I would say they were. It, it seemed clinical when they got Stark and Cummins in quick succession. Wood with the bouncer, good stuff. Carries on with the tactic to Nathan Lyon. And look, other days it would have worked, but Lyon has two shots. They're the pull shot and the sweep shot. And if you bowl bounces to him, he will play the pull shot and he did <laughs> he's never hit more than one six in an innings before today he hit three including one that was so big it literally went out of the ground over the grandstand and rolled down Church Street so it was quite quite a day for Nathan Lyon who it was the sweetest shot he's ever hit I, I would say in his test career yeah I'll add to that I'll say that he hit in the space of ten deliveries in test cricket four sixes because he obviously sealed it with a six at yeah. Sydney last week against Stuart Broad and then he hit three in his first nine balls today so that one over the northeast stand that went on to Church Street was a massive bomb. I'm not sure whether they're on television measuring the, the length of the sixes right now. Probably not because mm. it's not a T20. But if they were, that, that's gone, you know, that's gone 90 odd metres. Yeah. Russell Gilbert was on Church Street and he was there to take the catch. He was waiting. And, and just to add to that, I think that you're right. Lyon's got two shots. One of them's a hook shot. But I love the fact that he's almost, I don't know, where's this come from? I'm not sure. But he, he's obviously made a decision to play with complete freedom out down the list. I mean, I think it's quite interesting that it wasn't him who was the night watchman. Mm. It's as though they didn't want to burn Lion um, and the fact that he can score so quickly. It, we're jumping a long way forward here, but Scott Boland got given that job. Yes. So um, I know he's done that job here at Bell Reef before, and we'll come to that in okay. a little bit. Yes. Um, but um, but yes, uh, I think ordinarily by default you'd send Lion in, but they might yep. need quick runs from him uh, tomorrow at some point. Just a just a bit of food for thought there. Just just to, just to throw forward. Okay, I, I think that's that's fair, and I think honestly, if you were England, if you were a normal England team, and the difference between conceding two sixty or three hundred wouldn't be a huge huge deal either way. You'd say, oh, well, they got a few more than we wanted, but mm. here we are. The sun is shining. Uh, the, the the weather is good. The pitch has eased off a bit. We've got a perfect opportunity for batting. And what will we do? We will call for a quick single, come a couple of steps down, stop, and then call our non-striker through 
uh, who will ground his bat but not dive and who will be run out for a duck. I felt for Rory Burns because I thought he he was responding to Crawley's call and he got done in by Crawley and he had to because he he, he knew he was running to the danger end but he didn't want to – he knew that if he sent Crawley back, Crawley was definitely going to get run out. And mm. Burns thought if he went for it, he might just make it. And so he tried to save his partner and, and in, in the end he sacrificed himself. Um, so, I bit, you know, eighth duck in, in test cricket but that's not one that was his fault. No, yeah, I, I t- tend to agree. I suppose the one thing is we don't get the reverse view. Like, why did Crawley hesitate? Was it on some cue that Burns was giving him? It's because he hit it straight to cover and ran. Well, no, I mean, like, it wasn't but a called, single. But he called. But my point is, he called yes and he yes. was running, then he stopped. I mean, we don't really know yeah. um, what happened in in that fraction of a second. And one, I thought point, he was watching the ball at, at that point. I thought Crawley was watching the ball and thought, sure, I've made the wrong call here, um, and then had to. But go by that point, it. it's too late. We've all been there at, at, when you're kind of being called through for a run that's a fifty-fifty proposition. Mm-hmm. But on that basis, I wouldn't have minded seeing him dive. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he stretched, but he didn't dive. And I reckon that's one of those that when you're talking about, I don't know, 10 centimetres in it or maybe not, not even that much. His bat was on the line. Right. Yeah. Well, I was on commentary at the time. And I think with the first replay, they didn't kind of go through it a number of times because he mm. was clearly short of his ground. But yeah, the, the, a dive would have got him there. But um, that'll only contribute to the, the desperate situation that Burns finds himself in, having been dropped after two test matches as the senior opener, uh, brought back here and, and out, run out. I mean, it's a new and creative way to bring David Milan out at one for sod all again, yes. as has been the case throughout the series. And to Milan's credit, along with Root either side of dinner, they did try and score at a pretty decent clip. They were turning the board over. They put on 49 in probably, you know, 60 odd balls. It was, a, it was a really impressive partnership until Milan gets out, caught down on the leg side for the second time in a row. Pat Cummins brings himself back from our end here, the broadcast end. And I mean, how often in the series have we seen Pat Cummins bring himself back in into the attack and the game changes almost immediately? He's just got that yep. knack at the moment. And he all that chat before the series about, oh, how can a fast bowler know when to bring themselves on? They'll overdo it. Mm. They'll bowl themselves too much. Well, the complete opposite with Cummins. He, he picks his moments and invariably it, plays, it pays off for Australia. He ends up with four for 45 today. Yep. And uh, uh, something related to all of those bits in terms of Australia's tail and, and Root and Milan, I, I threw this in my Guardian piece today. Australia's eighth wicket partnership across the series has been averaging 44. That is better yeah. than every partnership that England has except for Root and Milan. That's the the second wicket partnership is the only one uh, that, that's been that's had a better average. And that's ugly. Yeah, really ugly. Yeah. I mean, and today you look through the partnerships after that 49, immediately it's a three and it's a four. You know, so the collapse is on. One of those wickets is Root and he gets a great delivery from Cummins, who's got a head of steam by this stage. He'd already picked up Crawley before dinner, I, I should say, as well. So he's doing his thing. Stark's taking wickets. I mean, then there's this shot from Ben Stokes mm-hmm. that I think – if we're going to drill down on, on, on why does England collapse today, um, there's probably no better place to look than that because it's the ball before drinks. And look, it, 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 that's not a huge thing. That's not necessarily the ball before lunch or before tea, but it's not nothing either when you've got one ball to deal with before you can kind of take a beat, reset and all the rest of it. And he chooses that ball to play a, a lavish cut shot off Stark and doesn't quite pick out Nathan Lyon at backward point, but Lyon does splendidly to dive away and, and, and catch it. He's done that a number of times for Australia over the years, a really experienced fielder in that position. And 
it's not as though Stokes was, it's not as though Stokes wasn't at risk of doing that before. He, he wafted it two balls away outside the off stump from Stark bowling uh, from the Church Street end in, in his previous two overs. Mm-hmm. And my thinking was that he was trying to do what Travis Head did yesterday in terms of that counter attack. And what Stokes did in Sydney. Yeah, and indeed what Stokes did at Sydney, I suppose that's right. But it just, when it doesn't come off, it looks bad. And, yeah. and today is an example of that. It's it's that good with the bad thing that yeah. if, yeah. if you praise it when it works, you can't sink the boot in when it doesn't work. But it was reaching a long way for a ball and it was spooning it up. And, and in the end, that was an easy catch. And then Ollie Pope's one where he, he he's not even driving at a wide ball. He just steps out to a wide ball and then pushes at it. And it's like he sees the length isn't there to drive, but he just nudges instead and it was a get out shot yeah lovely bowling from Boland by the way who hit the seam and it stood up and everything that he does so well but it was a get out shot from from Pope it should have should have been looking to leave that but how often have we said that with Boland's dismissals through the series there's there's 15 of them now there should be 16 or 17 if not for the fact that he had a a couple put down in the court they they were both off off, yeah you're right they were both off off works the the first ball one though the ones put down by Warner is perhaps the easiest first slip chance he'll see this year the one not bit of mitigation but the one thing I'd say is that this is the problem with the slips being so crowded Mm. I mean it it goes straight to him but he's probably anticipating that Kerry goes in front of him there Mm. because Kerry has been going in front of him at at balls on that kind of trajectory so yeah I reckon that and and with Kawaja yeah the second one is third slip coming across second slip when that wasn't necessary that's right so if the slips were a bit more staggered I suppose that second catch is more second slips which Mm. traditionally it would be on that angle so I I, I mean that's I blame Pat Cummins. I blame Pat Cummins as captain. He's lost the slip cordon. They don't respect him. They're not listening to him in the cordon. He's begging them to stand wider and, and they, you know, they won't do it. I think it's something they'll get sorted out soon, but you often mm. see it when a new cordon comes together. And this isn't a completely new cordon, by the way, but obviously a new drummer in the band with Alex Carey only keeping in his first series. And that yep. might be a bit of a knock-on effect from that. I suppose so. And it did shuffle things around a bit. Kawaja third slip, Manus under the lid instead of Harris, mm. et cetera. Um, but yeah, it was, it, then it was basically welcome to test cricket, Sam Billings. Uh, it's 80 for five. Yeah. Um, it's getting dark. The floodlights are coming up. Stark and Cummins are bowling. Uh, in your pop. Complete hiding to nothing stuff. I put this on Twitter at the time. Um, Cummins is bowling the house down. The crowd are engaged. The lights are on. It's dark. The pink ball's hooping. And in walks Sam Billings. I think it was 85 for five. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't take a catch in the first innings. Nearly pulled off a perler um, just before the end of Australia's first innings, running away and Lying off the hook shot again. And, yeah. it, and it went wild in the air. So he had to sprint about 40 yards and then put in the full dive and, and couldn't quite had, had he pulled it, it off, we were joking that it would have been the best first catch ever or something like that. <laughs> Um, but you know, twenty nine. Not what you're expecting. Where he didn't get one nice little nick behind the stumps. Like yeah. Alex Carey comes in in his first test and gets fed eight of them in an innings or whatever That's right. it was. Eight, eight, um, match. eight in the match, and, and Billings doesn't get one of them. And then the one chance he does get is all right. It's forty meters up and forty meters across. He made up for it with a great snaffle later. We'll, we'll, well, I'm sure we'll come to Australia's innings uh, momentarily. But just to touch on Billings' batting, he looks completely at home. Billings has only batted, I mean, he's only played 74 first-class games and he's got a similar affliction to Glenn Maxwell in that he seldom gets the chance to play red ball cricket because he's part of so many white ball squads. Mm. Doesn't mean he can't do it, again, in much the same vein as Maxwell. He's just starred of opportunities. Out of his six first-class tons, three of them were in a row in 2019 coming off off the back of a a shoulder reconstruction. So he's Mm. clearly a capable guy. He's been in the test squad 
a few times through the course of uh, 2021. I'm, I'm not surprised at all to see him look at home. He d- didn't look frazzled keeping. He was energetic behind the stumps. And yeah, it, it, it's a frustrating way to go getting out to the short ball when he did. But I suppose by that point, they were just trying to score as many runs as they could uh, with the with the collapse well and truly on. And and Billings was part of that. But um, yeah, while, while he was there, uh, he looked like he was meant to be there. And I think that's mm-hmm. a, an important thing for a player on debut, just looking like they should be playing Test cricket, he, he meets that criteria, I reckon. Cameron Green eventually got him out, who bowled a really good spell as well, and, and he becomes Australia's fifth bowler in the series to take 10 wickets. Yes. So they got five in double figures, which is significant. Um, and Scott Boland, even, so when he had the catch dropped, he would have had two for 17 at that point, and that would have meant that his career test average had gone up. <laughs> With two for 17 in yeah, the bank. But also would have gone beneath now. I, well, I'm probably getting ahead of my Hall of Fame here. Okay. Actually, you know what? Let, let's not Hold let's off. not let's not spend that money yet. Okay. You crack all right. on. All right. All right. So, look, they run through um, the, the English lower order pretty quickly. Chris Wokes played a, a comical, an effective innings. He made 30-odd, but he got dropped first ball. Top score with 36 got, innings. <laughs> got dropped uh, a few ball, a couple of overs after that. And then almost nicked so many. I think almost every run he scored was off the outside edge through the cordon. He wafted and missed at so many. He looked all at sea, but bless him, he at least managed to, to make a few runs. But it was a um, – he, he had a, a charmed existence for a little while out there, but it wasn't enough. It got to the point where the barracking was saying – we hope that England can make 200. Let's hope they, they can get that deficit down to 100 runs and that would be a, a win. And they didn't even get that all out 188. Yeah, and Broad didn't help the situation. That that Twitter account is Stuart Broad, is Stuart Broad batting. I had enough time to quote tweet them uh, and say, yeah, Stuart is batting. And then Before Stuart he wasn't. wasn't batting four balls later. Yeah. Um, he wanted nothing to do with uh, Mitchell Stark and, and probably fair enough. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, Pink but- ball, you know, under lights. I can, I can see where he would have been thinking, let's get leg side and try and, lay some bat on it and get some runs behind point but in all probability he wasn't going to hang around and Mark Wood he made 16 but he was the last man out and he, he was also bag- backing away and you could hear that you know come and sitting the stumps it didn't even require commentary it was such a nice moment yeah and, and Robinson batted at 11 so his back um, had kept him out of you know where he would normally be a bit higher in the order then he came out and warmed up with intensity and then didn't take the new ball but did bowl a little bit later on but I thought that was a bit odd as well if you've got him warmed up and ready to go put the ball in his hand while he can still bowl because yeah, he's got whole, this back spasm that can seize him. The up. whole thing about the, the communication around Robinson today was interesting, I thought. They said he had a back spasm which would preclude him bowling before before dinner, but he might be right to field, didn't field, and then didn't bowl after dinner. Anyway, sorry, well, they were all out regardless, but the way yes. it was framed was that he'll, he'll be good to field and then he'll, he'll have the chance to bowl later. They'd already taken those four wickets, but he wasn't on the field so no. thus he wouldn't have been permitted to have bowled in the middle session. So, no. um, And also, how do you know that after one session, a back spasm will... Well, exactly that. And, and yeah. the, I mean, the communication around injuries has been bizarre all series, as we've, as we mentioned last night. But um, yeah, the, the idea that everything would magically get better by the, the second session was strange. Um, more likely that once they were off the field for a while and he had time to get some treatment and so on, um, he'd be able to come out and bowl, which he did a little bit. But um, he bowled well too. Yeah. I mean, he, he, uh, he got the chance to bowl after England had two wickets, always helpful. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. 
Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. David Warner didn't have a duck against England at home until yesterday. Now he's got mm. two of them. Uh, the second time he's... Uh, Bagged an Ashes pair. The he, first. He, he didn't have a pair till 2019 in his career, and now he's got two of them. Yeah, and having two Ashes pairs, no one's ever had two Ashes pairs for Australia before. Well, so a, another bit of history for Warner, not, not a bit that he would necessarily like. A dreadful week for him, but I note that the usual suspects are out there saying, Warner's got to go, Warner's got to be sacked, and all that. No, you know no, I mean? he's got to go to India. He's got to go yeah. to India. I mean, he, let's remember that Warner did rattle off um, 95 and 94 uh, when the to series start was, the series. Was, when the series was there to be won. I, 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 I fully acknowledge. That he's, that he's fallen away oh, and that'll frustrate the people. The average cricket supporter is Guy Pearce in memento. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it lasts about 30 seconds. They've got to tattoo it on their forearm. David Warner made 94 in Brisbane. Did he? I don't remember that. What a reference. I wonder how many people saw that flick. It's about 21 years old, I reckon. Memento came out in oh, well, We should have a party for it. We should watch it. Yeah, 21, <laughs> yeah, 21st birthday for a great film. <laughs> it is a great film. It's got uh, it's got Joe Pantoliano in it, doesn't it? That, that much I can't remember. I know. Guy Pearce got nominated yeah. for awards for his performance. It was a it was a, a masterful performance. But Joe Pants, Joey Pants, as, as he's known in the trade, he's he's famous as being the classic that guy. He's he's the one that people recognise, but they don't know his name, and they go, "Who's that guy? He's the guy from the thing." Because he's uh, he's in the Sopranos. Uh, uh, he's in he's in Risky Business. Was was one of his early uh, you know with uh, with seventeen year old Tom Cruise. The road, the road to stardom, um, Joey Pants. Yeah, so it's good to get him into the show. And Tom Cruise in his pants in Risky yes, Business as well. Yes, he was. Uh, right, so let's talk about the cricket, shall we? David yeah. Warner caught in a similar way to how Ben Stokes was, really. Great catch. Um, yeah, ripper catch. I, I, I kind of called it as a great catch, and I pulled it back a little bit and said that the, the Pope dive, um, you know, he probably didn't need to do the full um, legs kicking in the air for style points thing, but um, he did need to dive. So um, fair play to the, the young man having only made 14 with the bat mm. he would have been feeling a bit down on his luck and making a contribution there at backward point and they went bananas broad as I said 14 times getting Warner in, in test cricket that's a, a nice way for him to not finish the series they've still got um, seven Australian wickets to take but it's another reminder that it would have been nice had Broad had that opportunity at Warner at the start of the series mm-hmm. before he was able to make that contribution at Brisbane and get his series off to a good and start. And again at Adelaide, yeah. Um, it also, can I just credit Ollie Pope for being – it's routinely amusing to say that Pope does something. Like, it just gives me great – every time someone says Pope drives, I imagine the little Pope mobile <laughs> and the Pope in the back of it. You know, a diving Pope. You know, it just gives you a great image of a diving Pope. What would they be diving Which for? Who JP2? <laughs> yeah, probably when they were shooting at him. Um, <laughs> You're going to get in trouble for saying things like this today. He survived. It's okay. Um, I wouldn't have said it otherwise. Yeah, Labuschagne down the leg side, down the leg side, down the leg side. Um, that looked on from the moment he walked out. Wokes bowled. Three a, trailer park girls go down the leg side, down the leg side. Uh, Long time listeners to the podcast won't be surprised to hear that. Um, but Wokes had him. 
he had him squared up three times in his first over, mm-hmm. and then it was in his second over, first ball of it, when Labuschagne, in order to mitigate that movement, went all the way across his stumps, opened up the, the leg side trap. There was obviously a man around the corner catching, but it was Billings taking his first catch uh, in Test cricket. And they're never easy down there. Carey took a took a sharp one off Malam earlier in the day, mm-hmm. uh, and so nicely played against Sam Sam Billings. But um, again, often. You know, I fall into this trap too on comms saying they've been strangled. Well, this didn't feel like a strangulation because it was it was bowling to a plan. It wasn't like they'd got cramped up and kind of nerdled it off the glove and it was a, an ugly dismissal. This mm. was exactly what they were trying to do. So fair play, Joe Root, for at least implementing a plan this deep in the series. Again, it's probably the case that they should have had more of a go at this with Smith and Labuschagne when when the series was live. Right. So uh, so Labuschagne out uh, and, and then Smith was out there sort of doing Smith stuff you know, looking a bit twitchy, poking around uh, here and there. And, and, and then, you know, the Kawaja opening experiment hasn't, uh, hasn't been a raging success in, in this match. Maybe think, not. I think he had to play. Goodness me, what a ball to get him. One of the balls of the series from Mark Wood. I mean, that is just an absolute... Yep brute of a ball um, that just kisses the glove. Kawaja did everything in his power to get out the way of it, a la Ath against Courtney Walsh 25 years ago. It was almost Um, like the Robin Smith shot in in that famous photo where he's he's arching his head back and his back, but he's not arching them to the leg side to get away from the ball. He's arching his back towards the stumps (laughs) to try to get under that ball. And he's just got his little... uh, his hand out like a kangaroo paw in front of him and the, and the ball clips the back of, you know, the back of the hand, the back of the glove and through to the keeper. That was, that was brutal. And that's a short ball. You can't play. Mark Wood's been guilty of bowling over the head too much. That wasn't a headhunter bouncer. That was a, a sort of sternum one, but gee, it took off. Yeah. And, and that athletic approach from, from Wood that we've enjoyed uh, throughout his career, but specifically in this series, it, it paid off there. That was a, that he was really charging in late and he had Robinson bowling at, um, at the other so just a word for Robinson. He started off at 115 kilometers an hour, second ball at 122. He did build up to about 129, 130, clearly bowling with this bad back. And he had Smith jumping around. So, you know, we make a lot of Ollie Robinson's pace, but with him hitting the seam from that height, he can still be a handful. And Smith should have been out around the corner too. If they had a traditional leg slip, I've been getting antsy about this. They've been they've been using a leg slip at like third leg slip, not quite leg gully, yeah. not traditional leg slip, but around too far. And look, I know it's kind of guesswork when you're only permitted to have two fielders behind square on the leg side. You can only afford one catcher, but you kind of he, he bisected hmm. Billings diving and 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 Pope it was at leg slip, but kind of third leg slip. Had he been at first or second leg slip, Pope would have been in the game. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe we just need to get rid of that rule. Bring back body line. It's been <laughs> out of the game for too long. Um, let's have nine in the cordon on the leg side and just bounce everybody. So uh, look, what did you make of Smith tonight? He. He doesn't look right. I do wonder. Averaging 31 in the series before tonight. And, and I, I know I don't want to be one of these early crow people, but I do wonder. I, I don't feel outrageous in saying I think we've seen the peak of Smith and that's in the past and, and that he's still a, a very good player, but he's not. Might make 1,500 runs this year with all these tests in Asia and make us look silly, but I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was thinking today, and this is not like, you know, a character assessment. It's not us saying that he's no. a bad person, but- He doesn't care about the bag. He doesn't bags. care no, no, about that baggy green. That ain't maybe, none of that, but I, but I just wonder whether, I mean, he, yes, he was a quirky player 
well, he's always been a quirky player. Mm. But if you were to watch Tate back as Smith in 17-18 or even 2019, but especially 2017-18, his last big summer here at home. Um, I mean, I know we've talked about it a lot, but how... To, I want to know the extent to which he is now... Um, he is now, I'm going to try and pick the right word here, um, captive to all these centricities. Mm. I mean, the, the, the shoulder stuff with Broad tonight... I mean, the really over-the-top swing of the bat. You know, I've written about this. We've talked about it a million times, but that was meant to be emblematic of when Smith was trying to shift to a, a new gear. Mm. This now just feels like it, it's just who he is. It's as a all the time. It's who he is now. And I'm not sure whether that – that doesn't feel sustainable to me. Look, he'll, he'll, he'll probably peel off 100 tomorrow and make a silly for even touching on the conversation. But I wonder whether there is maybe some correlation between that part of his game just going to 11 out of 10 every single day and him just waning a little bit uh, at home in the last couple of summers. Yeah, it's, it's whether his, his hyper-focus that he's been able to channel in the past is aided by this or whether – this sort of stuff distracts from it. Whether at some point it distracts from it, yeah. I suppose, is the question. Because clearly it worked for him for a yeah. long time. But he but- makes mistakes now that he doesn't or that he didn't. Uh, the, the way he you know, fenced at a wide ball in Sydney, I think, the last time he got out that way was against Mornay Morkel in 2018 in Cape Town after they'd been busted. You know, yeah. there, there's, there are mistakes he makes when he's tired and his head's not there. Um, he's He started getting hit on the pads more, which he never used to do, that kind of thing. Well, Kimber's, Sherry Kimber's written a great piece about um, the, the change in Smith in recent years. I can recommend it. He's made a YouTube video as well. And I mean, he's been caught in the leg side trap, let's call it, seven times since Joffre hit him. I mean, this isn't like, you know. Cause and effect. Maybe it is. Hmm. If your average drops so dramatically against the type of bowling, I haven't got the numbers in my head. Maybe being hit was part of the problem instead of the cause of the problem. Perhaps, perhaps. But I suppose it's, it's just, you know, we're at that point where if he doesn't go off tomorrow, if he makes a bunch of runs tomorrow, you know, the conversation will be, will be, you know, suppressed. But um, the fact that Two of the big three in Labuschagne and, and and Warner have, have tailed off from Test three onwards after two massive partnerships between mm-hmm. that pair in Brisbane and Adelaide. It must be said, and that Smith hasn't really been able to break through despite making important runs at Adelaide. It's just a, an interesting point of the conversation, which it wasn't before the series when they were literally the first three names on the team sheet when looking at Australia's top seven. Well, Scott Boland is night watchman in at number five. Uh, we've gone long today, so let's go to something else. It's the Final Word Hall of Fame, where we choose the most final word moment of the day. Uh, what did you have? What what tickled you fancy? Uh, I found the non-appeal for the run out kind of interesting. Mm. So we were, we and the rest of Australia, were quite critical of Marnus last week for the carry-on, and he pings down leg stump at Car- and, and kind of barely even interested in it. It was as though they were like, oh, we're just going upstairs to check it out. Um, that, that was of note. Um, of course, Lion Sixes mentioned before that stat about four in 10 balls. Um, but I want to go back to Charles' father, Marriott. We were talking about the, the great father last mm-hmm. week, his test bowling average of 8.72, which is the best average for more than 10 wickets. Well, Boland started at 8.64 today, uh, went above Marriott, below Marriott, above Marriott again, had the chance to go beneath him. Had those had those chances been taken, he would have dropped down to 8.38, um, which would have meant he finished the, wow. night and finished the innings in all probability ahead of Marriott again. But I uh, watched this space. It continued 
continues. Yes, yes. Well, he still has the lowest average of anyone to have uh, bowled more than 51 balls in Test cricket, I think. Well, yeah, Father Charles would, would have bowled more than 51. But, um, yeah, he's, he's right up there in the stats. I want to throw in – so, you know, sometimes there are residents who live very close to Bell Reeve and, and, and sometimes they don't want cricket games here and they don't want them late at night and people say, oh, these nimbies, these stick in the muds. Um, I had a, a little bit of sympathy for that position when I was on the balcony at the media centre tonight and I watched five really drunk guys trying to steal a tree from somebody's front yard, which they would <laughs> like quite a sizable tree, you know, like a taller than a human, but not a sapling, like a decent sized tree that they were digging out of somebody's garden and trying to pull out of the ground. Um, and you're like, okay, when when you've got these people being a menace like this and you've got a million security guards everywhere and, and apparently none of them are actually on the street to see a house that's literally across the road from the Oval um, having its vegetation dug out, I think you'd you'd have some right to be annoyed. But um, it's, it, tough, it, it, but it's, it's tough to get full here now. I don't know yeah. if you saw they changed the beer regulations yes. today. It was only two beers before 6.30pm and after. one beer after the sun went down, which yes. they weren't overly thrilled with. But we're, we're conditioned to seeing more or more people wanting to scull beers out of their shoes and scull every beer that comes their yeah. way. If you're only getting one at the bar each time, you're spending mm. more time uh, downstairs than you are watching the game. So I would have thought that might that might mean a bit less um, pulling out trees and you know, extracurricular gardening, but not so. Not so, yeah. I, I was filled in on that by Fran, who's on our Patreon page, who I ran into. Hi, um, Fran. While I was having a walk. Hello, Fran. Nice to see you here. I think that's it. That's the final word, Ashes Daily. Uh, for some reason, we've gone for 50% longer than we should have. You can't stop us. We'll do what we want. I think there's a final word catch up here tomorrow. Okay. I've What's been that? told. Oh, good. I've been told that if you, if you are a final word listener and you want to see other final word people, do let us know. Yeah. Okay. We'll see if we can hook you up. Um, we'll be back on any day that there are ashes, which will be at least one more day of this test match, but maybe only one more day. I reckon this is going to be three and done. Three and done. I'm not sure how it's going to finish, by the way. It could be thrilling. could be thrilling. This is why we watch cricket. Um, check out our feed for other shows and go to patreon.com slash the final word if you want to join in what we're doing on the internet. Ashes Daily, Jeff Lemon, Adam Collins. See you later. Night. Keep punching. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. I had to fail, had to fall. That's it for today. Thanks from Jeff, from Adam and from me for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow, hopefully for an equally exciting day. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating. And this episode was produced by Sophia Tarek. The final word is produced by Bad Producer Productions and edited by James Hurley. And the executive producers are Miles Martinoni and Gabrielle Jackson. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.